0: Hey, Edith. Hey, Christy. What did George Michael say to the gardener? I don't know. Wake me up before you (laughs) ho-ho. Any excuse to sing, right? Hi, I'm Christy. And I'm Edith. We're backyard gardeners from Colorado. And neighbors. And friends. These days, gardening has gotten very popular. And we've noticed more and more people picking our brains for tips and troubleshooting about gardening. We're not experts. We just learned a lot about gardening from the mistakes we made along the way. So welcome to Upside Down Tulips. A fun podcast that celebrates gardening gone wrong. Upside Down Tulips. See, that's Luther Burbank, isn't it? (laughs) No, it's not Luther Burbank. (laughs) Hi, Christy. (laughs) Hi, Edith. Hi, listeners. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Upside Down Tulips, part 51 or something. No, 26, maybe part 26. This is our 26th full episode, and people are still listening. Isn't that nice? Yeah. More people are. More people, that's yeah. that's really exciting. And some of them are not even trapped in their homes. So you know they like they like listening, right? Yes, yeah, it's nice. And people have joined the garden party. Tell me about the garden party. Our garden party, folks, is our patron club. So if you like listening to Upside Down Tulips and you want to support us, uh, you can just go to our website and look at all the fabulous categories. So far, Edith, we have a total of, drumroll, 10... Patrons in our garden party. That's so great. Isn't that nice? And we got uh, our first curmudgeon. We did. Somebody did at the curmudgeon level. Which is only $2 a month and sent along with such a funny email. Yeah, it was nice. That was a really, we we just love the personal touch like that. The first curmudgeon. We have our first lawn chair lettuce at $5 a month. Lawn chair lettuce. We have, the most popular is the deadheader. That's for $10 a month. Well, deadheading, well, it's Colorado, right? So, of course, deadheads are the most popular. Yeah, not just named after fans of the Grateful Dead, but, of course, we gardeners know mm-hmm. it is one of the handiest tools to keep your flowers in bloom is to get rid of spent flowers. And not just named because you're too high to think and your head is now dead, <laughs> either. Right? right? Yeah. And if you're a deadheader, you get our eternal gratitude. You get a handwritten note. You get access to a patron-only group on Facebook and special activities, and you get a pack of curated seeds from our gardens, and an upside down tulips coffee mug, that's a lot of things, 10 bucks a month, that's a lot of things folks, and we have one attic tomato, an attic tomato gets all that plus you get a t-shirt for 25 dollars a month, that's fabulous. Yeah, though so hope you consider becoming one of our patrons and joining the garden party. It sure helps support us, helps us continue doing this podcast, which we love doing. We, we love it uh, at any level. We are not even yeah. picky any level. Folks. any levels, just <laughs> any levels, just fine. and, and, and I'm wearing right now um, an upside down tulips t-shirt. Yes, you are. Unlike last time when you said you were. I was just going to say that, and then I <laughs> thought, she's going to call me out, so okay. I'm not going to say anything. And you didn't wear one. So, yeah, an upside-down <laughs> tulips. And these are really nice quality t-shirts that you can get by going to our website. Um, and there's sales there all the time because we partner with Public. so keep an eye out. In fact, if you want to know when there, when there is a sale on our merch, uh, sign up for our newsletter because we'll post when the sales are happening. You know, somebody bought a mask this week. Oh, that's reassuring. You that's know, great. I want to get, I should buy, I should get a mask. I think those would be fun to have. Yeah. I think we're going to be wearing masks for a while, folks. And why not have a cool upside down tulips mask? Yeah. Beautiful and colors. ask you where you got that. Yeah, the colors are pretty. Yeah, really pretty. Anything else about merch? I think that's all the merch I can do for one day. Okay. Okay. Um, we should talk about what today is. Today is Groundhog's Day. Oh, yes. It is Groundhog's Day today. February 2nd. Oh, right. It's an agricultural tradition. I read a whole article about it, and that's the only thing I remember. So please, (laughs) tell us. Well, you asked me to share some information about Groundhog's Day. So um, did you know, Edith, that the practice came from German migrants? I thought you would find that interesting because of your German heritage. Jawohl. The lore was not a groundhog, but a badger that could predict the weather. Uh And German migrants brought it over. The first official groundhog day in the United States was celebrated in 1887, of course, as we all know at Gobbler's Knob, which is 2 miles outside of Puxitani, Pennsylvania. Oh yeah. The name Puxitani comes from the Delaware Indians, which means town of the sandflies. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <That's> terrible. <laughs> they have a they have a what is it, who, who is it the the commerce, the chamber of commerce that gets yeah. people to come to town? The town of the sandflies. <laughs> yeah. Um Crowds as large as 40,000 people travel to Gobbler's Knob to watch Poxitani Phil make his prediction. Hmm. When he's not predicting the weather on Groundhog Day, Phil lives in the town library in Poxitani with his wife, Phyllis, his oh wife, my. in quotes. Oh, that's funny. I don't think they had a real official marriage. I think maybe they just might be living in sin. I, th- I bet you that's the truth. Yep. Yeah. So how many times... Since 1887, do you think Poxitani Phil has predicted an early spring? 25. 16. Wow. How many times has Phil's weather predictions been correct? How many times? What um, percent? Um, 33%. Very close. 39% of the time oh, I was he just is guessing, correct. I was just guessing. Yeah, pretty, that's pretty good. Um, there are other cities that have prognosticating groundhogs. Really? hmm Staten Island has the Staten Island Chuck. <laughs> Christy, quite the deep dive we're doing here into groundhogs. Uh-huh. Raleigh, North Carolina <laughs> has Sir Walter Wally. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, Sun Prairie, Wisconsin has Jimmy the Groundhog. And Texas started its own tradition in 2010 and uses a state mammal, an armadillo, to predict the weather for Armadillo Day. Look and at his that. name is Bee Cave Bob. <laughs> Look at that. Those <laughs> Texans always trying to secede from everybody else. Well, maybe we'll have an early spring this well, year. In, you know, I'm waiting to hear about the not-nematodes from last week. Okay, yes. Yeah. So, last week... We talked about marigolds because we wanted to know what were the specific reasons why a ma- it's good to plant marigolds in your yard because they can get rid of pests and etc. Because the week before that, we talked about marigolds and about what kind you needed, okay? So this is the ever, ever growing drama of why you should plant marigolds in your yard. Uh huh. And it's because they help prevent. Not nematodes, and that's not with a K. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because when she said not nematode, you listeners like me sitting across from her probably thought, why don't you just say something other than a nematode? If it's not a nematode, <laughs> why are you... I was really, like, confused, but she didn't say it was K-N-O-T, which it was. K-N-O-T. So, now, um, a nematode is a microscopic round word. Now, some nematodes are considered beneficial because they parasitize the soil and they kill some insect larvae like Japanese, Japanese beetles. beetles. That's right. Which I did that experiment last year by putting down some beneficial nematodes, hoping to kill. I was there Japanese too, beetle you know. Larva. I was following you. I was you weren't doing anything. And I did your yard and you did my okay. yard. So, All right. okay. Well, a, a, a root knot nematode. What it does is it pierces the roots of certain plant species and lays their eggs inside the roots. This gives the roots a knotty appearance. Oh, okay, that explains it. And these nematodes are for, affect thousands of species of plants. flowers and vegetables. Things that I grow, things that you grow. Mm-hmm. And they can impact not only the quantity, but the quality of the vegetable or the flower. And they exist in soil in areas with hot climates or short winters. So that's a lot of places in the United States. Yeah, that's all over Florida, I think, for one thing. Yeah, hot climates and short mm-hmm. winters. Yeah. And the winters in Colorado, at least in the Denver metro area, are getting shorter and shorter. shorter and shorter, Because man. it is 59 degrees outside today. And we're in here. Uh-huh. This may be the end of our discussion about marigolds and nematodes. So soon? Really? But man, I don't know. If you have any other questions, I, I will research know. them up again. I am totally full of not nematode knowledge so plant marigolds there you go but make sure they're the french kind of course wee oui, wee oui. yeah <laughs> all right good and then i also have some information about luther burbank okay who was luther burbank well we talked about him last week he was our Inspiration of the week. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I shared the quote from him that every gardener knows that under the cloak of winter lies a miracle. Mm-hmm. And you were wondering if Luther Burbank was actually a jazz musician. Yes. I thought he was a trombonist. I don't know why. Well, I think I may know why. Why? Because in addition to being a botanist and a horticulturist and a pioneer in agricultural science... Luther Burbank has a performing arts center named after him in Santa Rosa, California. Oh, for heaven's sakes, that that explains so everything. So that could be why. I don't know why he. Huh. I don't know where jazz comes in, but and maybe it's because of your comic career, stand-up comic career. But like the last time George Carlin performed was at the Luther Burbank Performing Arts no Center. No kidding. So maybe that was just stuck in your head. Maybe so. A couple other interesting things I learned about Luther Burbank. Okay. Hold on to your hat cuz I think Uh-oh. you'll love this. Okay. Well, he developed a lot of varieties and strains of vegetables and flowers, one of them being the plumcot. No kidding, he did the plumcot. He cot? did. Oh, I Isn't love that, great? that. He also he also developed a spineless cactus which is used for cattle feed, and he's very well known for The variety called the Shasta Daisy. I love Shasta Daisy. And do you know how genius a spineless cactus is to feed? Because then they're drinking and eating at the same time. Luther Burbank. Genius. What he's most known for, though, is the russet Burbank potato. Hmm. Because it was invented to help with the plague in Ireland uh, with the Great Potato Famine. And so that... His potato, the russet Burbank potato, is the ancestor of the Idaho russet, which is the most commonly grown potato in the world. Wow. Well, everybody, you've just had a college-level horticultural, how That's do you so say? interesting. Horticultural course? You're very good. Our engineer's nodding. Well, he's, oh, he's shaking his he's, head. He's laughing at my not being able to say hor- horticultural. Horticultural. There you go. <laughs> Okay, I have another thing for you. Oh, more. I I have a surprise for you. (laughs) What is it? Okay, Edith. Now, we've been doing this podcast for six months, and I know that you hate the word moist. I do. And I want to tell you, it's time that you and all the other moist haters of the world find a new word to pick on. Why? Because there was an article in the Washington Post last week that said that we have to have the word moist because there's no other acceptable alternative. The You're s- kidding. The synonyms for moist are clammy. Oh, that's not right. No, that's not right. Sweaty. Clean. Uh-huh. Mm-mm. Damp. mm Soggy. Like, as we know from the Great British Baking Show, no one likes a soggy bottom Right. For their pie. <laughs> right. So moist all of a sudden doesn't seem so bad. Do you not want a all. moist cake? Not at all. You want? Yeah. Okay, well, thank you, Christy. Super good. I think we need to take back the word moist. I, I'll, I will. You know what? I will take it back with a very <laughs> moist gratitude <laughs> coming your way. That doesn't mean you have to like the word you're yummy. Right. Oh, you're right. It yummy doesn't. can still be gone. Thank you. Out. And num-num is even worse. No num-num. No num-num. I will not say yes to yummy. Thank you. Let's say yes to. However, let's tell everybody. Yield to yummy. Thank you. What we got? We got our golden microphone. Yes, we're gonna post it on uh, our Facebook page. It was because we were voted the best new podcast in Colorado. We don't know how many entrants there were. We're hoping thousands. I bet must be at least. Must be at least. That's All these good. people during the pandemic yes. sitting in their basements yes. doing a podcast. So it's beautiful. It's really nice. The golden microphone. From the House of Pod. Thank you, House of Pod. Thank you, House of Pod. Thank you, Colorado Podcast Awards. That was pretty cool. That was very cool. It was shocking, first of all, just shocking. Yeah. But then I'm easily shocked, maybe. (laughs) Okay. (gasps) Shocking. What are we doing next week? Um, We're going to continue what we're talking about this week. If you like, we're going to talk about if you've never ever had a garden. So there you are. You have a little bit of a lawn. You've never in your life gardened. Where do you start? From the ground up. From the ground up. There so today you we're go. talking about location and soil preparation, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and then next week we're going to continue from the ground up. That's right. So keep listening. But it'll be even good if you already have a garden. Yeah, because you know we do. As you just heard about the deep dive that Christy takes into many things. We have a lot of research to share. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Is that it? I think we're good. I think we're good. So, Edith. Yes. How's your garden? Dead. Uh, You know, we did have snow. Resting. It's resting. It's resting. Uh, It was resting under a cloak of snow, but now the snow is all melted because it's so warm today. Um, I have have an article, however, that I found that tells why people... Another reason to garden. Listen to this. Gardeners in Hampshire, a county in southeast England, found sixty-three gold coins and one silver coin from King Henry VIII's reign in the 16th century. So people that have never gardenered, gardened, uh-huh. are digging, oh, and my they're goodness. finding um, buried treasure. Listen to this: the archaeological find was one of the more than forty-seven thousand in England and Wales that were reported this year amid an increase of backyard gardening do- during coronavirus lockdowns. That's so fun. In another discovery, gardeners found 50 solid gold South African Krugerrand coins that were minted in the 1970s during apartheid. Okay, well, I have a story to tell you. Okay, so I uh, last year, as I was gardening, I found a coin, and it looked strange to me. It did not look like anything, and I'm like got really excited. Yeah, and I brought it in, and I washed it off, and I put it in some sort of solution to clear it all up, thinking I have found a rare coin. Uh huh. And It was a quarter from 1972. <laughs> weird things in the garden before. I have found old bottles like they never make, like little tiny medicine bottles. Remember when they made the thick, thick glass? Yes. They're so pretty. I found a lot of them. That's weird. I found the carcass of a dog. I, I have found a skull of a cat. Pe- you know, people bury stuff out there. <laughs> our, our neighbors that predeceased yeah. us. I found little plastic... Toys that must have been from like the fifties or sixties. Oh wow! So I just imagine like some little kid was out there playing, and his yep. toy got yep. Just another reason to garden, folks. If especially if you're morbid, <laughs> you, never, you might find yes, right, dead bodies. You could find you could find anything. I mean, we're hoping to find money. We will continue to hope to find money. Okay, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so for my garden this week, I did something strange. I. To my family back in Minnesota and to our northern friends. You did something strange to them? That would seem strange. Oh, okay. That would seem strange. Okay. Yes. I watered my lawn and my gardens in January. Okay. It had been so dry out here without any snow cover. And Uh so I always kind of look at the calendar and keep track of when the last snow cover was or when the last rain was. And it had been well over two weeks. So I... Dragged out my hose uh-huh it was in the 40s and I watered the front and the back Good thinking good thinking, get everything Christy. a soak so mm-hmm. depending on where you live folks yeah think about you might need to still water especially for our trees especially the trees yeah if you yeah. care about your trees just took the hose out there for a couple hours on a nice slow drip yeah we're way down in snowpack we've had so little snow here so Colorado I mean well what do we call it? the front what are we the front? The front uh, door.
1: The, no, no. The,
0: the, the front on. range. Yes, the front okay. range. Gosh. <laughs> so tired. Yeah, we're on the front range. We had not had a lot of snow, so water. There you go. Yeah, and so check check your area to see. And if you have a nice day that's in the 40s or 50s, bring that hose out. Yep, do it. And I also did some winter sewing. Oh, my gosh. I saw the, I Well, I saw when I walked through your backyard coming uh-huh. down here. It looks fantastic. So I did about, I don't know, maybe like 18 or so. Yeah, you did a lot. Jugs of perennial flowers. And this is a form of how to start seeds outside in the winter in milk jugs or some other type of plastic Stuffed container. Stuff you already have. You have to buy nothing except maybe the, the soil. Soil. Look, I'm using the word soil again. I'm so proud of you, Edith. Thank you. I've gotten very professional. Anyway, that's all you have to buy. You may even have that in your garage. So, And I and I sewed perennial flowers. So I did delphinium and foxglove and coreopsis and pansies and combine and ice plant. The stuff that can survive even no matter how cold it gets. So she didn't plant everything yet. Just those perennials. See how much yeah. I learned from you last week? And if you want to know more about winter sewing, just check out last week's episode, episode 25, which is take out your jugs and learn how to winter sew. You'll learn everything. There you go. And I have a present for you. You do. Well, we were talking about how there's so many different types of containers you can have. Yes. And just the last week, as I was living my life, I have three containers for you oh. to winter sew in. Thank you. Let's see here. The first one is a plastic, like a two-liter bottle that had apple cider in oh, it. Oh, that's perfect. An apple juice bottle. It's perfect, okay. Christy. Yeah. And then I have. A to-go container that so it's a styrofoam container that maybe I don't know like a like a two maybe it's two pint or a pint mm-hmm. you think and it and it has a transparent plastic lid okay put holes okay. in the top and holes in the bottom holes in the top holes in the bottom it's okay that it's not translucent all the way around as long as it is on the top okay and then here is just a deli container. A little, okay. a little container like that. So if you want to, we can be, we can winter sew some stuff with you this weekend, huh? Very excellent. To. Yes, so. yes, let's do it. And You probably, have you been saving some things in your house already or? I have. Oh, oh yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. So. Ooh, sorry, that was so noisy. That was my garden update. So folks, if you hear words or terms that you're not familiar with, or you want a good laugh, you should check out the Upside Down Dictionary on our website. And if you want to see pictures of our gardens, Or what else, Edith? If you want to be inspired or jokes, maybe you want jokes, visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. Yes. In fact, if you want to see a picture of Edith's um, composting experiment, her fermented... My bokashi. Your bokashi. That went up on Facebook yesterday. Yeah. uh, It it doesn't stink, so... But it looks really weird. Yeah, it does. It (laughs) It looks really awful, doesn't it? Yeah, check it out. (laughs) Yeah, check it out. And we're back. You're listening to Ask Agnes, the helpful gardening show. Agnes takes the agony out of gardening. And it looks like we have a caller from Lakewood, Colorado. Hello, caller.
1: Hi, this is Marcia, longtime listener, first time caller.
0: Welcome to the show, Marcia. How can I help you?
1: I'm a first time gardener. So, I planted carrots last summer, and they came up. All of them.
0: That's good to hear. So, what's the problem, dear?
1: Well, when I dug them up in the fall, they were just the size of a thick toothpick. They were more like carrot suggestions than an actual vegetable.
0: Ah. Let me ask you, Marsha. Did you thin the carrots?
1: Uh, no. I know you're supposed to, but I just couldn't.
0: You couldn't? No,
1: I couldn't. I had planted them, watered and weeded them, and then I'm supposed to get rid of them? It's agonizing, Agnes.
0: Gardeners learn how to let things go, Marsha. Let it go. Like Patrick Mahomes with a football that's on fire. Like the idea that anybody who wins NBC's The Voice is ever going to be a star. Like the idea that we need more guns and car crashes in our entertainment.
1: What? What?
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I also teach creative writing at a nearby community college. Let me put it to you this way. Are you married? Yes. What if all your past boyfriends were still hanging around? In your garage, in the attic, and in your spare room?
1: Oh, I don't know if my husband would forgive that.
0: No, Marsha. I'm not suggesting you stash old boyfriends. You can't have old boyfriends hanging around, so you thin the herd, as it were. You can also do that with root vegetables. And you know what's good about thinning carrots, besides growing decent-sized carrots? uh uh-uh. You can eat the ones you thin, both the green tops and the tiny carrots.
1: That sounds good. Maybe that's what I should do. Thank you, Agnes. I was ready to give up gardening.
0: Don't give up, Marcia. Unlike a husband with his wife's stashed boyfriends, if you make a mistake, your garden will forgive you. And that's all the time we have. Goodbye, gardeners. Grow something. Hi, we're back. We haven't said that in a really long time, and I was determined to say we're back. Hi, Christy. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) What we're talking about today is Gardening 101, and we're going to start with location of your garden. So so there you are. All you have is lawn or gravel or whatever. Where do you put your garden? Say you have a lawn. Christy, Mm -hmm. you, you have to rip it out, correct? Yes. Yeah, there are a couple ways you can do it. The, the one that is the most labor intensive is to dig it up. I did that. That's what I did. I've done that. But I didn't water it for months, and the neighbors got so mad at me, I have to explain to them, I'm not a bad homeowner. That was oh. my first home, you know, by myself. Yeah. I said, I'm not a bad homeowner. I'm going to rip this all out. Some of them yeah, it's a lot of work. me, but it's, mm-hmm. yeah. it's worth it. You know, what really helps to help it go quicker is to make sure you water that lawn Get it, get that grass really soaked up, and then, that'll help. That's right. You then you, you try to up. kill it. You try to kill it. So because if you don't, it'll just keep trying to grow. So I tried yeah. to kill it. Then I watered it, and then I dug it up. Dug it, d- dig it up. That's yeah. what I did. Yeah. The other thing you can do is you can, um, which I've done. It's just a very labor intensive. You can also till it under. Yeah, I've done that yeah. also. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what the nice thing about tilling it is that. The organic matter is retained from the grass, mm-hmm. and so that just all feeds into the soil. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you'll get grass coming back up. You just kind of kind of stay on yeah, it see, and just pull it out. That's why I didn't do it. So when I had the the pretty much dead sod, mm-hmm. I threw that on my compost pile. So I did not put it back in the ground until later, until it had mm. composted. Yeah, and really. composted, yes. And with both of those, what's nice is that you can plant right away. Yes, you can plant right away. As soon as it's out, you mm-hmm. can start. That's yeah. right. The other thing you can do is you can smother it. Mm-hmm. which is to put plastic or some organic matter like newspapers or cardboard yeah but you know if you do that your neighbors are going to complain about the screaming so I don't know about that the smothering yeah. <laughs> yeah. and yeah, you I'd can also careful. plant right you, you can also plant right away with that it just takes a long time to get the grass to, to go to heaven when we say plant right away don't like start it, start doing that this second. Wait until you hear us talk about part two, which is amending the soil. Yes. Which is probably a better thing to do. So not literally right away. But you don't have to wait for the soil. You don't have to wait for the grass to die. Right. Which is what you have to do if you smother it. And then the last way to do it, which we don't recommend, but I think we should talk about it anyways, Mm -hmm. is to uh, use herbicides. Don't do it. Which will kill the grass quickly, Mm -mm. but it's really unclear or it's it is pretty clear uh, what else it will do, which is to wreck your soil and it will it get into the groundwater. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm not a scientist. I just know that, I think it was Einstein that said, matter cannot be destroyed. I suppose it can be transformed, but mm. if it starts off as a poisonous herbicide, it can't get pure and good from there. Yeah. That's and there's, all. There's three other great ways to do it, to get rid of yeah. sections of your lawn. Yeah. And then what I do is that, you know, I have a lawn folks. And I, um, every year though, I think my gardens grow a little bit more. I just kind of eke out more lawn every, every year. That's the nice way to do it. That's a really good way to do it. Yeah. Section by section. Okay. So there you have it. So now you have, you, you have ripped out the lawn. However, what we have not talked about is, for example, where you should choose to rip out the lawn. Yeah. What part of, one of the things that you want to think about especially if you've never gardened before. You don't want to be overwhelmed because it is, it is work. It's a lot of work, and most people work during the day. For mm-hmm. example, water accessibility. Such a great point. Right? So don't be, I don't know if you have a back 40, probably not. You're probably an <laughs> urban gardener, but, you know, don't have a little short hose and then put it at the very back of your garden or get mm-hmm. in, just, just make sure it's water accessible. Which is one of the challenges I have in my yard. Yeah. Because my vegetable garden is way on the way, other side, mm-hmm. and I have to lug a big hose out there mm-hmm. all the time to water. And But I also have a drip system, so I can just plug it in, so it'll be a little easier. But oh, I do good. a lot of hose dragging. Yeah, that's good. All right. Number two, do you have children and or pets? Now, you have to think about where to put the garden, because if you put it smack in the middle and the kids want to play soccer, that's not going to work. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Or dogs. Or dogs. I mean dogs will. So you wanna put it maybe away, away to the side somewhere. Mm-hmm. You wanna think about here's something I think about when I planted my fruit trees. Squirrel accessibility. Yeah. In other words, I had a tree that was there when I moved in mm-hmm. and it grew enough so that it overhung the garage. Uh-huh. And it overhung my neighbor's garage. So the squirrels could jump from the tree to the roof of the garage. To my tree, grab stuff. Oh, terrible. They they never had to hit the ground. Wow. So they got. You made that, you made it for them without realizing it. Without realizing it, yeah. So I think about squirrel accessibility as well. (laughs) Christy, let's talk about the amount of sunlight. Oh, that's so important. If you do a vegetable garden, you need to be in full sun, Mm -hmm. which which means six to ten. Six to ten hours every day. I mean, that doesn't mean if you're going to have a cloudy day, it'll die, but light. A lot of sun. Super important. Especially if you're doing tomatoes. Yeah. They even like more than six hours. Yeah. Now, the good news is, though, is that if you're doing flowers, you have a lot of flexibility. Um, sometimes plants will say it wants to be in partial sun. Well, that's four to six hours a day. So that's not so bad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sometimes a plant will say it wants partial shade. That's two to four hours of sun a day. Could that be filtered sunlight through a tree? Yes, or exactly shade? right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, shade, shade in gardening terms means less than two hours. Wow. So that really is deep under but, a tree. But think about that. If you have less than two hours of sun, uh-huh. there's a lot of plants you can have still. There really are. Yeah. And Beautiful don't forget stuff. that your trees can grow. And and they will. And and create more shade. Mm -hmm. So I've had that happen. I've been in my house now for 20 years and I've seen I've had to change things and alter things slightly because this tree has grown, this tree I took out, which has totally changed everything I can grow underneath it. Yeah. Another thing you want to consider, especially if you want to grow things that vine, you know, like peas or cucumbers, shelter from the wind. Yeah. Yeah. You, if, you, if you put them smack in the middle, um, there's no shelter. So it's smart to, smart to shelter them a little bit. Have you heard, though, Edith, that you also need to have like a, a sweet spot too? Because plants still need to breed. They need air circulation. Yeah. Yes, they do. So you don't want to smack them right up a fence. Mm-hmm. Some plant. Like I have my grapes are on a, a fence, a right. chain link. yeah. But... Appear- but sometimes you don't want to like peas or cucumbers smack them right up against. Yeah, the fence. some plants need airflow, mm-hmm. and and the airflow will help mm-hmm. prevent different types of mold and mildew from forming, and maybe keep out some of those white flies. Oh yeah, you know yeah. Because if it, the air's just sitting there, then that mm-hmm. makes them happy. Yeah yeah. They're like sunning, tanning themselves. Woo! Uh, what it's is- just kind of like people. Think about what you would like if you're out there. You want you want some airflow, Perfect. but you don't want to be windy. You want a light you, breeze. You want some water by you, and uh, you want to be in the sun. There you are. You're and in sometimes the, you want shade. You're in the Bahamas on the beach. Yeah. Perfect, Christy. <laughs> Love the analogy. Think about what you want to grow. Mm. If you like winter squash, that's stuff like spaghetti squash, uh, butternut and whatever, and you have a small garden. That is the only thing you're going to fit, most mm-hmm. likely. So think about that. And what you like to eat. Even more what you like to eat. Yeah. I've grown stuff I don't like to eat. Why am I growing this?
1: Mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. no idea. It's
0: <laughs> what a waste of time and energy. Sometimes we grow stuff because it looks pretty. Yeah. You I know, tried to grow okra once. I don't really like okra. I did too, and I don't like okra either. <laughs> what is he I doing? <laughs> I wanted to see if I could do it.
1: Yeah. You know, I love the
0: experiments. Yeah. Um. Anything else that we should think about? Think about the size of the garden. If you're yeah. a first-time gardener, start get, small. Yes, start small, because don't kill yourself. We don't want you to get discouraged. Yeah, just start something. You know what? And even just grow in a little container too. Mm-hmm. If you have a balcony, if that's maybe that's your location is your balcony, then start with some pots. Speaking of pots, if you have little kids, i <laughs> thats a bad segue. Speaking of little kids. Uh-huh. Why not give them a little part of the garden, and if they grow something, they will learn to love vegetables mm-hmm. and eat vegetables. So just give them like a row of beans or something that are almost foolproof. It's so magical. It is so magical. Did you ever do that yeah. in elementary school? They gave you a little styrofoam cup mm-hmm. and some soil and a bean. And a I still remember yes. that. Yes, huh? and it grows. Yeah, and and you learn about putting it in a south-facing window versus a mm-hmm. north. You learn right or right away. Yeah. Location, location, location. There you go. And we're back. You're listening to Ask Agnes, a helpful gardening show. Agnes takes the agony out of gardening. And it looks like we have a caller from Virginia. Hello, caller.
1: Hi, Agnes. This is Uta, first-time gardener, long-time listener, first-time caller.
0: Welcome to the show, Uta. How can I help you?
1: garden ever again, Agnes. I just might throw in the trowel. Oh,
0: dear. What happened?
1: Last year, I grew my own seedlings, transplanted them in the garden according to the last frost chart for my zone, and then watered and mulched them. And they all died. Every single one dead.
0: Oh, no. When exactly did they die?
1: I'm not sure, because I couldn't see them.
0: You couldn't see them?
1: They were under the protective layer of mulch that I had applied.
0: How deep was this mulch layer?
1: Uh, about knee-high.
0: And exactly how tall are you? I'm five two. So you applied roughly a foot and a half of mulch?
1: Yes. I figured if a little is good, then more is better. How could that be wrong?
0: Let me put it this way. Remember the story of The Princess and the Pea?
1: the princess slept on about twenty mattresses and you could still feel the pee under the first mattress? That's the
0: one. Now imagine if they had put the mattresses on top of her. Would she still be able to get up to eat or get a drink of water?
1: No, she wouldn't. She'd be in the dark and she'd be squashed and flattened.
0: Yes, squashed and flattened. Flattened like a piece of cheap paper. And she's a full-grown, very well-fed princess. So do you see? That's what can happen to our young and tender seedlings with too much mulch.
1: Oh, I feel terrible.
0: They're I... as flattened and lifeless as weak old glass of soda left out in the sun, as flat as an Egyptian bedsheet with a thread count of two,
1: as flat as Please a. Please stop. If you keep going on, I'm going to need therapy.
0: I'm sorry. I also teach creative writing at a nearby community college, and perhaps I got carried away. Hopefully, I've made my point.
1: And maybe leave some room between the mulch and the
0: seedling? Exactly, Uta. You get an A-plus for today.
1: Oh, thank you. I'm very competitive, and I'm not used to failing.
0: Remember what we say in gardening, Uta. If you're not killing something, you're not stretching yourself as a gardener.
1: And if I do kill something, the
0: garden will forgive me, right? Of course it will. It's a garden, not a judgmental human being. That's all the time we have for today. Goodbye, gardeners. Bye. Are we on? <laughs> I know we are. <laughs> I wanted to make you laugh. <laughs> you did. <laughs> That's just because we were having a big conversation and he just goes, are we on? It's like, no, we're not on yet, but now we're on. And now we're going to continue talking about Gardening 101. Mm-hmm. So we talked about location. And the one thing we didn't say was mm-hmm. we you, you probably would like to start with a level... Or flat <laughs> area. <laughs> yes, yes. Right? It it's It just makes things easier because um, you won't have as much soil erosion. It'll be easier to keep water there. It's easier for you to, you know, get up and get down. Uh-huh. Though I have sections of my flower beds that are, can be hilly and roly, But for, veg- for vegetables, you certainly, it's just a lot easier to have level. It is. And some people like the level because they're going to put, con- what do you call it? The raised gardens in. Yes. Easier when yeah. it's level. And that's why a lot of people also with flower gardens will terrace them. If you have a hill, you could terrace yes, it so you yes. have level. It's easier. They do that with wine too. They terrace the wine? Mm-hmm. I, I did not know. I, that. I might be making it up. Oh, you I, mean I like grapevines? Really mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That that makes I think sense. they do. I might be making it up, but I think I've seen pictures of hillsides in Italy, yeah. beautifully terraced hillsides. Oh, sure. With wine, with vineyards. Yeah, yes. That makes so much sense. Yeah. Okay. Now we're going to talk about what do you do with the soil. Yes, which you know, you can call it dirt if it makes you feel better. What do you do with the dirt? <laughs> because dirt's not just dirt, right? There's three kinds, and you kind of need to, to know what kind you have. Mm-hmm. Is it clay? Mm-hmm. Is it sandy? Mm-hmm. Or is it loamy? I have the first two. <laughs> oh, and sometimes within yes. feet of each other. That's so true. <laughs> that, is, that is true. My front yard is very sandy, and my backyard will be more clay and we know Edith and I we live a couple blocks away from each other i have often wondered like if your soil is different than my soil well my soil when i first moved in was very clay mm-hmm. it was very very thick and you know when when it got wet and you put it in your hand it would go like a yeah. like a snowball but we get that red clay <laughs> we do we do there is actually. How do you know? There's a couple different ways to find out what kind what kind of soil you have. You can take it to your agricultural extension at the university. Mm-hmm. Don't you have a little tiny soil test? In I your do. Kitchen? In fact, I have one. I bought it when I moved into this house 20 years ago, and the price on it was three dollars and forty nine cents. Yeah. And I still haven't used it to this day. I have eat it. I have never done a soil test ever. This is the year I'm going to do one because this podcast has inspired me well, to to be honest with you, I have not either. However, <laughs> oh, good. We're just letting all our. Um, embarrassing shame. I bet you there are people out there listening that are just like, they just gasped. They went, oh, she's never done a soil test. We told them from the beginning that we were experimenting, that we were, were not, not experts. experts. We, told, right. we covered we our past. Butts. We've got a past forever. We are from not experts. the beginning. So but we learned through failure. The failure of never doing a soil test. You can do a homemade soil test with stuff you already have in your home. And I did it. And Christy, I sent you a picture of the jar. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. So here's what you do. You get some soil, you put it in a uh, jar. Uh Fill the jar, one-third full of the soil you want to test. You fill the remainder of the jar with clean water, Uh leave some space at the top. Then get a tablespoon of powdered dishwashing detergent, put that in there. That's why you borrowed it from me last week. That is exactly why. (laughs) I do not have a dishwasher. So then... Cap the jar and shake it vigorously until it turns into a slurry. Uh-huh. You know, a uniform slurry. Put it on a level surface. Time for one minute. The sand goes straight to the bottom. You can see it. You can see it. Mark it. So oh. M- mark it so you know where the sand is. Uh-huh. Then leave the jar in the same level spot for two hours. What happens then is the silt will show itself. The, it'll So it'll be sand on the bottom. Uh-huh silt on top of it. Mark the top of the silt. Okay? Then you leave the jar for 48 hours. Mark the top of the next layer. This is the clay layer oh. that is settled on top of the silt layer. Use a ruler, measure the height of each layer and the total height of all three layers. You then know how the percentage of sand, silt, and What you should have is an equal parts of each. That's amazing. And then we refer to that as loamy. That's loam. Mm -hmm. That's what we want in our gardens. Equal parts. Equal parts. As close as it can get. It doesn't have to be exact. And then when you know that, then you know what you you need to add in. Exactly. Because you don't want to add... If it's... I mean, if you have sandy soil, the last thing you want to do, right, is add any kind of sand Mm -hmm. to loosen it up. It's Mm -hmm. already a little bit too loose okay that's incredible cool. I can't wait to do that because I can do it at all different parts of my yard exactly and it'll be interesting to see well over here it's kind of loamy but over here it's really sandy now is there a way also to cheaply test your pH level there is um you want to you want me to yeah, hear yeah, that because yeah. okay yeah. am I jumping so, out of your out of no 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 turn? we're good okay. no we're good um it's called the pantry pH test because some plants like acidity some plants like alkaline, How do you say? Alkaline. Alkaline. Alkalinity. Place two tablespoons of soil in a bowl and add one half cup of vinegar. If it fizzes, you have alkaline soil. Place two tablespoons of soil in a bowl and moisten it with distilled water. Add one half cup baking soda. If it fizzes, you have acidic. That's amazing. What can vinegar not do? It, It can do everything. Literally... Every single thing. And I'm really proud you said the word moist. Oh, my gosh. Did I? Yes, you did. I said moist and moist and you're right. There's no other word for it. You're right. Moist. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to get over my thing about that. I really will. (laughs) If it does not react to either test, the soil has a neutral pH, which is what we're going for. We like it to be as neutral as possible because, like we said, You know, like perennials, I think, like more acidic. Mm -hmm. Vegetables like more alkaline or neutral pH is what we're Mm -hmm. headed for. Okay. That's amazing. And like some flowers, like even more, like I know, like hydrangeas, need a lot of alkaline in it. See how you know these things? See, these things (laughs) are amazing to know. I had no idea. Also, I read that microbial activity is greatest and plant roots absorb and access nutrients the best. When the pH is in the 5.5 to 7 range. That's good to know. Isn't that good to know? And folks, up on our website is the thing will be both of these soil tests because nobody expected you to memorize them or take notes. That <laughs> right. would be cruel. <laughs> in fact, we have uh, quite a few other little blogs on our website that we you do. can check out. We do. They're informative yet amusing. Okay. So how, what do we what do we amend the soil with? Yes. Now? Say we know what, what it is. Yeah. Compost. Compost does a lot of things. You know what, folks? Wherever you are, if it's still winter, it is not too early to begin composting. Mm -hmm. You can do it today. And you can check out our episode on compost. I think it's episode 11. Is that right? Oh, it was a good episode. I don't remember what was. It's called Compost Happens. Yeah, Compost Happens. And uh, it's very informative. It's a good one, indeed. Oh, this is interesting. You know, my sister who lives in D.C., my sister Norice, she had a compost in the backyard. She lives a block away from Restaurant Row in D.C. Mm-hmm. And when the restaurants shut down, the rats of the city lost their food source and started moving out into her neighborhood. Yeah, I've, I've heard that. I have heard that has been a challenge where we live mm. too, it Really? Yes. An increase of rats. Well, I'm only glad that I have an enclosed compost. So if, you're, if you don't like rats, and not all that many people do, well, unless it's Melchizedek, right, from... Some play, a little princess, oh yes deck the rat yes anyway, if you don't like rats, think about getting an enclosed compost so it you don't attract rats everywhere. okay <laughs> what else can you put? what well, how else can you amend the soil? You, compost compost um, you can buy soil amendments in a bag. uh-huh. Do you use peat? I do use peat. I use peat because peat loosens up the clay. Now, we want to clarify, we're not talking about P E T E, our friend Pete. <laughs> we're talking I gonna, was. Christy, I was. Oh, you use Pete. Yes, I use. Who doesn't use Pete? <laughs> Chop off his toes, sprinkle them in the flower garden. Yeah, you're off right. P E A T. Yes. Pete Moss. And people are getting different points of view about Pete, though, aren't they? I've heard thing. I've heard that we're running out of um, peat. Right? Most of the peat in the United States comes from the Great Bogs of Canada,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, but it also causes a lot of carbon um, dioxide and can contribute to global warming. So that there, people are looking for alternatives to peat. Well, the other thing that I did, I mean, when when I first started the garden, was I also bought, um, you know, I bought manure in bags I bought sheep I've done that before and uh remember I the, the in, perf- in the bag that's mm-hmm. already been cured and processed in yeah. some way yeah so it actually looks like a type of soil yeah so that it doesn't have all the harsh I, I don't know and it doesn't stink yeah. doesn't stink it yeah. doesn't there's no so don't put no fresh. E. coli uh that's danger what it is, right at all so don't put fresh down yeah don't but. put fresh get they be but safe, so Go and cheap. Cheap. get a bag. It, th- and they're so cheap. You can, get a ba- you can get a big bag for like a buck. Now, listen, we're running out of time here, but if we're not done discussing dirt slash soil dash peat, we're <laughs> going to pick this up next week. Right. Because there's a lot to talk about gardening from the ground up. That means yes. you got to come back for part two. That's right. That's right. Come back for part two, everybody. Because this has been fun. And you got to know this stuff before you start planting. Or you should know it, you know. Yeah, but no pressure, because it's, don't freak out. Depends on where you live, you could feel a little bit of pressure. Yeah, we don't want you to feel pressure, because really, it's as easy as it was when you were a little kid sticking a bean in a styrofoam cup. Oh, Christy, what a nice thing to say. (laughs) No, that really is a nice thing to say. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, Edith, are you sitting down? I am. I have some really sad news for you. Christy, what? What happened? We do not have mailbag this week. No. No ring (laughs) ring? No. There is none. Because we didn't get any letters this week. I'm so sorry. I bet we did, but they're stuck in the mail. That could possibly be. Please send us your favorite gardening stories. Your successes and your flops and your gardening questions. Otherwise, Edith... It's just going to sit in a and hold herself in a ball and rock back and forth because she doesn't get to say ring ring. <laughs> I know because, gosh darn it, we love hearing from you. You could write to us at upside down tulips at Gmail or at our website at upside down tulips.com. Yes. We're always there. Yes. So and please we're... send us. Tell us about your garden plans. Yeah. yeah. Tell us something. Write to us. Yeah. Make us stop sounding this pathetic. Yeah. Yeah. And so, therefore, now, Edith, we need a moment of inspiration. Can you please give us some? Yeah, okay. This is from Doug Larson, okay? And he says, Life expectancy would grow by leaps and bounds if green vegetables smelled as good as bacon. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's very wise and very true. And I thought we needed a laugh to close it out. Everything needs to smell like bacon. That would be so great. Oh, my gosh. Everybody, thanks for listening to episode 26. We are Edith Weiss and Christy montour Larson. If you enjoy Upside Down Tulips, please rate, subscribe, and tell a friend. And special thanks to Denise Gentilini for composing and performing She is a Genius, the Upside Down Tulips theme song. If you want to hear more of Denise's music, go to denisegentilini.com, or you can find that link on our website. And don't forget, if you make a mistake... Your garden will forgive you. Upside down to this. Wake me up
1: before you ho-ho. Me hanging on like a yo-yo. Wake me up before you ho-ho. <laughs>